This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. When it comes to your mother, you want her sleeping in a comfortable bed. When she's with me, she won't have to worry about that because I sleep on a Novilla mattress. Let me tell you, when your mom is at my place, she is sleeping on a very comfortable mattress and she is going to get you one as well. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night, made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. It comes in a box delivered right to your door, and you get 100 nights to try it out. Skip that trip to the big box mattress store and get a mattress from Novilla. Throw out that cheap Walmart mattress you got in college and get yourself a mattress made by Novilla. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Try out the mattress that your mom tried out last night. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. When you want it the most, there's no What is going on, my fellow Shwoke Lords? What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Cancel Sweezy. Uh, Cancel Sweezy, the only show. Uh, the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. So let's never uh, forget that. The Lord's trademark favorite podcast uh, is here today. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Welcome to the show today. I'm very happy you've decided to come back to the show today uh, anyways though so uh, uh, uh i was uh the other day i was doing like instrument tryouts so uh get a call my own band teacher my old high school band teacher now in high school i played percussion in the band and i played uh guitar in the jazz band uh so uh He's, so, apparently his percussion person, or whoever it was, or I guess, like, everyone at the local college, uh, they had, like, a percussion, like, group performance, so just all of them were not available. And so I just get a call last minute, hey, can you, can you do, like, instrument tryouts for upcoming sixth graders uh, going into band? I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do it. Therapist has been saying I need to, you know, not be home all the time and go out and do something. So, thought that was a fair thing. So, uh, helping, doing that as well. So, uh, we had, uh, the, let me just fix my hair really quick. Uh, so yeah, we had, uh, the instrument try and I, so I get a call, like, hey, can you do percussion? I'm like, sure. Let's also remember, I've, I've played drums, I've played pianos, and I've done some recordings, you know, I think it's mainly with, like, bells, maybe a marimba a couple times, but, uh, I haven't like really done percussion uh, besides like drum set and you know just a little bit for recording on mallets. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, all right. Because like first you got to tell them like how to you got to tell them how to hold the sticks and then have them tap away, you know, and everything. I'm like, am I using the right 
am I using the correct, uh, technique, you know, you know, and, uh, yeah, so I didn't know that, so, and I haven't really done percussion and stuff like that since, uh, two, spring 2012, so that'll be almost 11, about 11 years at this, actually, yeah, like 11 years, I think this, because it's May right now, you know. You bet I'm coming up in May. Uh, so, yeah, this would be, yeah, the 11 year anniversary of when I graduated high school. I don't look that old. <clears throat> I don't look that old. I'm, all, I'm just, I'm not even 30 yet. I'm almost 30. Uh, but, uh, anyways, so, yeah, I do it for the trials. I'm, like, telling kids, I'm, like, first of all, they, I'd be funny if they questioned my ability. Like, you don't, you don't even play percussion. I'm, like, shut the fuck up, kid. I still have a valid music degree. It's actually valid. I feel like I, like I went to a real college and got a real degree. Uh, and for some reason, I feel like I went to like DeVry or something. No offense to you, DeVry people. You're all really cool. Uh, you know, it like, feels like I went to like Greendale Community College. You know, it's like, uh, you don't really have like a real degree. Oh, it's like a Bible. It's like going to Bible college. It's a... Uh, it's basically like a Bible college degree. So now it's fun helping kids out uh, with band shit. Uh, the funny thing is, so like this applies more to brass, you know, woodwinds. So like they give you one out of five and you rank their ability to like, you know, because if you're a brass instrument, what I've been told, I've been told, uh, what I've been told is that to be able, you have to be able to like buzz into it. Not everyone can do it. I can do it. I also don't play any brass instruments. I just know I can do it. So in another life, euphonium. I always thought I'd if I was gonna play like a woodwind or brass, I would have picked like a saxophone. Like I don't know. I like the jazz. I'd probably play like jazz sax or whatever. Uh, but you know, so it's important for them. Like, are they able to like make get a noise coming out of like this instrument, which is, which is very important. You know, when learning, so you know they'd have to destruct technique like I'm doing. You know, and uh, but. The thing is with percussion, everyone can hold sticks, you know, even if you have one hand, you can still hold this, like one stick correctly, uh, and everyone can hit shit, you know, so that's funny, I'm like, I don't know how to rank this, so, uh, I, I did my best, so, uh, I didn't give a kid under a three, I never give anyone under a three, because it was like, you handed the paper directly back to the kid, and I'm like, I'm not gonna upset this kid for no just because like just because they have a hard time holding drum you know they have a, a weird time getting drumstick technique down <laughs> like i'm not i don't want to bully a kid it's like me like oh all right we're gonna time you right now how fast you can run a mile like i you know it's like i would not it, the answer would be not very good the timing time would not be good i think in high school i got like 17 minutes on the mile when i walked it and uh I was like, I'm not gonna fucking run, uh, and I think I, that's what would happen if I actually ran it. Now, that's how I think I'm dying. Uh, no, that was fun, and also uh, with like woodwind instruments and brass instruments, like you have to, you have to do is what's what's the uh, clean clean shit? I don't know. I think clean's the word, uh, the cooler word for clean. Uh, uh, it's D. Deoxify, uh, uh, something along the lines of uh, cleaned and uh, disinfect. That's the word. Disinfect. We figured out the word. We figured out the word. 
Uh, yeah, so they had to disinfect. So, and then they put me near the entrance. Uh, well, there was two entrances, but I was the one. Uh, I was the entrance near the parking lot. So there's the bus drop off in the parking lot one. And so everyone came to me first. And uh, I didn't have to disinfect anything after, you know, after kids picking up sticks or whatever. I'm like, I'm like just wash your hands or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so just very cool stuff. Really, really cool. The coolest thing you'll you'll ever know. So that's cool. Uh, but anyways, though, welcome to Cancel Sweezy, uh, the only podcast wishing your mom a happy Mother's Day because we know any woman can be a mother, but it takes a true woman to be a mommy. So happy! I'm actually recording this on Mother's Day uh, to you when it comes out. Happy belated Mother's Day to your mom. I'm, I'm wishing everyone's mother a happy Mother's Day. I'm like, if you're a mom, you're not you're not you're not who I'm talking to. It's your everyone's mother. Okay, it's like you see I, that that's my feeling. You can't celebrate yourself on Mother's Day, which I feel like is a thing. And also, Mother's Day is kind of a it's kind of a selfish holiday. You know, it's like, all right, so you, you as a woman had the audacity to let a man nut inside you, not only be inside you, like, he not only was inside you, he, he nutted inside you, and that's crazy, nutted inside you, then you force someone to exist, and then one day you're like, all right, you worship me, you... Uh, you appreciate me today. I'm like, appreciate you for what? Not killing me? Making me survive? Ah, <laughs> uh, anyways, though. So, uh, children, you're the reason for the season. So, celebrate your children on Mother's Day. Mothers, uh, this should just be called, they should have Children's Day. No Father's Day, no Mother's Day, just Children's Day. <coughs> we're shitty people. We're parents have to appreciate their children. I feel like that's a better use because, uh, Earning respect, you earn respect, you know, as a parent, you know, and shit like that, but uh, when your kids are adults and shit like that, I don't know. Food for thought, huh? Feel like a woman, a real woman. Make your mother feel like a woman this Mother's Day. Oh! Anyways, though, you're not special for letting someone nut inside you. Hard facts. uh, Hard facts that we... uh, Hard facts of life, right there. You're not you're not special for letting someone nut inside you, I and mean, you don't like. I need to be in line first at the uh, for to get coffee because I have children. I'm like, you chose that. You chose children. You chose to keep them alive too. Which choosing to keep them alive is good, but choosing to have them, it's up to you in the first place. Like I couldn't didn't think I'd get pregnant. What you're telling me? You you're not any, no birth control. You didn't have a condom on, and you got pregnant. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, uh, that's a weird rant. Uh, check out my music on uh, social media. Check out my music on social media. Check out my music wherever you stream your music at. You all know what streaming services is. I should be on it. Uh, we also have uh, our social media at The Shweezy. Make sure you go checking that out. Twitch.tv slash The Shweezy as well. Uh, I'm playing Tears of the Ki- Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, and I gotta say, playing this game... Uh, I'm five minutes into the game. I'm five minutes into this shit. And I'm like, I know this is now going to take a significant amount of my time. Like, it's going to take a significant amount of my time. 
for the next couple months. I'm like, I know I'm going to be playing this game a lot. I'm like, I was going to stream again tonight. I had a surprise stream last Saturday and, uh, technical difficulties, uh, those kicked my ass. <coughs> so sorry for anyone who even tried to watch that, but I almost did it today too. Cause that was yesterday to me, but last Saturday to you, you know, last Saturday to you. And, uh, Yeah, that's gonna. It's, I know that's gonna waste a lot of my life. So go check me out over on Twitch, people. That's cool. Um, Patreon page is also a great way to say thank you for being a friend to travel down this road and back again. Your art is true. You're a pal and a confidant. That's great. Just it's a great way to financially support us. Helps me with this show. Helps me do what I do. Even helps with my music and food and love and kindness. And so that's that's the that's the way it is. But make sure you do all the free shit. Like if you're on audio only platform, make sure you check out our YouTube page and you're subscribed over there. And you can share highlights of the part of the show that you liked with your friends because it's gonna be in a highlight. So uh, you know, cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. And uh, yeah, and make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, five four three two one star rating, like us, leave comments. I love reading the comments because the comments. Or actually would help us. Speaking of comments, I got one from <coughs> last week's episode. Uh, we talked about the how the worker, the writers union, the writers guild uh, strike is going on right now. And I'm like, there's so many like wannabe writers in Hollywood. Like, why don't they just use scabs? And uh, I said something along the lines of no one wants to work with scabs. Like, because eventually this is going to be resolved. Because like the goats of writing like, are part of this union, and so they, they're a part of it as well, uh, and then, uh, I got a comment here, that's what I was, like, saying, like, no one wants to work with scabs, so even when it's over, no one wants, here's a, a better thing, someone named Dark Phoenix, so, hello, Dark Phoenix, I uh, hope, I wonder what, what kind of type of name that, what country that name's from, uh, in 2007, some scabs saw the strike as a way in, but afterwards, no fellow writers would work with them, eventually making it so they can never find work as a writer for undermining their union strike. So I think that's how I wanted to describe it, and I don't think I went with my words. And, like, that's why I was trying to remember the more specifics of the last writer's strike and how that kind of worked in Hollywood's favor, you know. <coughs> so that's cool. That's cool. Uh, that's super cool. Um, yeah. I know my hair's gonna be weird this episode, so... That's something to be excited about. That's something to be excited about. Remember when podcasts were just audio? I know, like, your other friend's shitty podcast is audio, but, like... Every podcast, like, I know that's even big like, for the most part, are all video, too, you know, so, uh, yeah, I know, I know your people are like, who cares about your fucking hair, I'm just listening to the show, I'm like, shut the fuck up. I identify as a fucking threat. All right, anyways, let's move into previous week right now. What is previous week right now, you may be asking? Well, it's last week's news right now, so, uh. Let's just jump into it. Okay. Uh, time for going to even uh, more segment within a segment we like to call... Cool stuff. Slick stuff. Neat stuff. All right, this is where we talk about Garth Brooks and the weirdest fucking shit that he keeps doing in his life. I don't know why he keeps doing shit. And every time, like, I will always find news. 
I will always find news <coughs> about G. All right, this is from Fox 17, West Michigan. Uh, what? Uh, Garth Brooks has a no-phone policy at his new Vegas show. Fans of Garth Brooks won't get to snap their own pictures of the country music superstar during his sh- new show in Las Vegas. The Garth Brooks uh, Plus One residency at Caesars Palace is a phone-free experience, according to Ticketmaster. When a person arrives at a show, their ticket will be scanned, and they will have to place their phones in a yonder case. Guests maintain possession of their phones at all times and can access their phones throughout the show at designated phone use areas in the venue. Ticketmaster says there will be areas in the venue where people can use their phones, but they must be relocked inside the case before they return to the performance space. Anyone caught using a cell phone during the performance will be removed from the venue, Ticketmaster says. For those who want pictures to document their experience, uh, Ticketmaster says guests will receive a free QR code that provides them with professional photos from the show. Yonder cases are not new. They are used in various settings across the country, including at schools, courthouses, and entertainment venues. Uh, The Garth Brooks Plus One Residency kicks off on May 18th. The country singer has concert dates scheduled through December. So, all right. So, um, locking your phone up, uh, you know, I know comedians, a lot of comedians do that. Dave Chappelle, I think, is very well known for uh, doing that shit. He's like, yeah, Dave Chappelle does not want his shit recorded and, like, uploaded. And comedians are very anal about that because a lot of times, like, to even, like, practice being a comedian, you have to have a crowd. So, so like, so they sometimes, like, they'll go to, like, the comedy store or... Uh, whatever other thousand comedy venues there are. I just know the comedy store. Uh, was it uh, Comedy Mothership in Austin? Uh, so, no. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of comedians do that because sometimes they do workout sets or whatever, and if, like, a joke doesn't land really well, uh, they don't want that shit going out there because uh, usually don't put your worst shit out to the world on the internet. You you put your best. Uh and so, yeah, so comedians do that all the time. I've never heard of it done for musicians. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I just, you're just used to people uh, filming, you know, filming on their phone or, you know, I'm going to post on Snapchat that I'm at a concert right now and I'm going to film the entire concert for you, to, for you to watch on Snapchat uh, because that's how uh, the writers of this music that that person's listening to wants it to be distributed through your cell phone through your iPhone 10, from your iPhone 10 to Snapchat, through Snapchat filters, too, to everyone. That's how musicians want you to hear their music. And, I don't know, so, I don't know, we're just all used to it, you know? Musicians, yeah. Musicians are used to it, and sometimes, you know, people taking pictures of us being cool, that means it's something sexy going on, you know? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, I mean, yeah. Musician, I've never heard for this. So, like, the idea I would say of why a musician would do this at a show is, like, I guess they don't want... Because this is a uh, concert experience, I guess, Garth Brooks has, that he doesn't want ruined from, like... He doesn't want to be viewed from, like, phone footage, I guess. So, if it ever is going to be a video, they're probably going to plan some sort of, uh, like, a filming experience. Like, the kind of like they did Hamilton. Uh, I guess some close-ups on G, you know? <laughs> Uh, and stuff like that. So that, I think that's probably a good case uh, for it. And uh, 
I think a lot of Las... I do know a lot of Las Vegas shows probably do this as well. Uh, you have to put your phone in a case, you know? I don't think that's anything new there. I don't know. I've just never heard it with uh, music before, so I think Garth Brooks may be making, like, a big music special or whatever. Or... Or we could go to the dark side of all this and realize that the reason why Garth doesn't want any phones out is because people are dying. And we're not going to have any proof that that person exists. They get rid of the body, get rid of the phone. Uh, no evidence. They want zero evidence that they were at the show. And, you know, uh, you know, maybe the, you know, if someone dies, we're going to make sure there's zero evidence. Uh, you know? The next uh, logic would be the because yeah so if Garth's gonna be certain gonna be some people are gonna start disappearing at the show if we take away someone's phone uh, the thing is uh, what I've learned from watching the television show you and not real real things that uh, what Joe Goldberg would do is he would have someone's phone and then like contact their friends you know her their regular people they contact and stuff like that. And just like, nah, I'm out of town. I'm still out of town or whatever. And then eventually uh, things will fizzle out and they kind of like disappear. They don't hear from them. He's like, yeah, last we heard they were there. And then, you know, one day he stopped talking to us or whatever. And, you know, slowly fade out, you know. Very, very weird. You know, so that is some very weird shit. So, uh, and, you know, Garth can take the phone and has it in a bag and they're all ready. Creepy, creepy fucking stuff. And he's like, what happens in Vegas? Stay in Vegas. <laughs> Stand up for mankind. OG. 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 All the greatest singer in the world. You retired for 14 years. You came back and everyone was queer, but they still said, hey, Garth Brooks, we want to hear you. OG. Okay. Okay, we're going to stop that. <coughs> oh, here's some news. Uh, it's coming from BBC News. Not big black cock news. It is not big black cock news. We are not going to read an article from a website called Big Black Cock News. Okay? You got that? You understand now we're not going to do that shit? You understand? From the British Broadcasting Company, uh, Loch Ness Hunter, uh, in his quote, I thought this job would be easier. What? Uh, Steve Feltham uh, has dedicated his life to solving the mysteries of the Loch Ness Monster. He gave up his job and sold his home in Dorset to move to Doris on the shores of the Loch in 1991. Now, after more than 30 years of searching for Nessie, he said he thought the task would have been easier. Mr. Feltham made his first sighting of something unexplained within his first year of his search and had hoped to make further sightings soon after. Uh, he told BBC Radio's Good Morning Scotland program, I had, I had one glimpse, hey, I had one glimpse of the something like a torpedo going through the water. I don't even know what accent that is. I did, I did the good job going to the easier. Uh, 
as I had sightings in first year and I thought it wouldn't be long until I second sighting come along. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, uh, other people say uh, every answer for <laughs> now, I don't know, I think, I guess something got misspelled, but like, things that uh, people assume the Loch Ness Monster is, if not. Uh, questions. Loch Ness Monster may be a giant eel, scientists say. Uh, is Nessie just a tourist conspiracy? Good question. Warning over storm Loch Ness Monster Hunt? Uh, or uh, what happens if Nessie is found? That's a good question. <coughs> I guess there'd be people to watch over the lake. I guess they'd just be like, hey, don't kill the giant thing in the water. Mr. Feldham added, and that is where I'm stopped at the moment, still waiting for the second glimpse of something unexplained. Because I am here full-time, I speak to hundreds of people who do report something that we can't identify. Mr. Feltham's dedication to his search and saw him named Ambassador of the Year at the 2016 Highlands and Islands Tourism Awards. He had previously been recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest continuous vigil hunting for the Loch Ness Monster. The Nessie's Hunter continuing efforts come 90 years after what is described as the first modern sighting of a monster. So I have a good story for everyone to go through today. So when I was a kid, I was a kid, I wasn't this, I would, this was one of those, I didn't know any better type of situations. And you're like, what does this have to do with the Loch Ness Monster? All right. So I guess we talked about it. Maybe I was in like second grade. Maybe we talked about it at school uh, about, like, the Loch Ness Monster. Just, you know, it's all that most people say it's fake or whatever, but it's a very big legend in Scotland. Uh, but anyways, though, and then there was that, that there's the one infamous picture that's in black and white. It's like, this is the only picture we have of the Loch Ness Monster. Like, until, like, someone sees, has another sighting again and gets it with, like, a good camera. Like, this is the, the best photo we have so far. And then people just try to say if it's real or not. Yada, yada, yada. Well, in my little second grade mind, I had the idea. Why not take a picture of the Loch Ness Monster with a color camera? Okay, I, I didn't know. That's not because uh, no one's owned a colored camera. A camera with color. This, this is the time of disposable cameras. Okay, so we're like, you could have a business... Uh, printing photos and shit like that. You don't just, like, go to Walmart or whatever you do now. Uh, I was like, and I, in the little grocery store in the small Kansas town had, you know, disposable cameras, and it was like, takes color photos. I'm like, you see here? I'll just take this, you know, next, you know, if I get locked in this, I'll just take a picture of this bad boy. Take a picture. <laughs> just take, I'll make sure to bring this camera with me. That way I can take a color photo since no one else has a color camera. I'm like, I don't know why I came up with that logic. I remember growing up and realizing it's like, oh, I remember, I don't know when the two things connected. I was like, oh, it's not because no one had a colored camera. It's because no one's had a camera and saw it at the same time. Anyway, so yeah. But, uh, do I believe in the Loch Ness Monster? You know, cryptids, for the most part. Mothman, Mothman's a little out there, okay? Uh, but, like, if it's, like, a type of animal, you know? Like, more than likely, I think, if we find, like, a Sasquatch or whatever, you know, in the United States, Sasquatch, I feel like, is the biggest one. Uh, they do, if we do find Sasquatch, it's just going to be, like, a monkey-type animal that's very, like, it's just, like, it'd be a monkey-ish type species 
that probably lives underground for the most part in like weird systems or whatever, you know, in the dark. Bucking and come outside every once in a while, you know, uh, but it's not comfortable. But, you know, you know, that's what I would think. Uh, yeah, the Loch Ness Monster. I'm like, yeah, look in there. Like, you know, it could be an eel type creature, you know, uh, crazier things have have happened, you know, and like speaking of how big Loch Ness is, it's pretty fucking big. Uh, and you know, when things are big like that, you know, if you drive like in the middle of nowhere and there's like a million, tr- like you drive through the Smoky Mountains and you're just like, yeah, Bigfoot could probably be out there somewhere. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm not even counting it out. Um, I just don't know like how good of proof we have on it, you know, shit like that. So that's cool. Cool and rad. All right, last article we got here. Uh, this is from NPR. Uh, single screenwriters hope to strike up a romance on the picket lines. TV and, f- TV and film writers are on their second week of striking against major Hollywood studios. Their picket lines have featured more than just protest chants. This week, the lead singer and guitarist of the band Imagine Dragons. Imagine dragging these nuts across your face. <laughs> God. Uh... Uh, entertained writers uh, striking outside Netflix headquarters in L.A., where actor Pete Davidson brought them boxes of pizza. There were celebrity sightings at picket lines in Los Angeles and New York. Rob Lowe, Tina Fey, Mindy Kaling, Kaling, Jason Sudeikis, and Brett Goldstein showed up to support the cause. And outside Universal Studios on Wednesday, hundreds of writers waved picket signs and flirted during a singles meetup event called Strike Up, Strike Up a Romance. This would be the perfect time to write a rom-com. Love on the picket line, quipped Alex Bloom. Before the strike, she was writing for the comedy series The Pradeeps of Pittsburgh. Actually, it was just dumped three weeks ago by my boyfriend. Yes, he randomly dumped me. Then my career randomly dumped me, she said. So now I'm using all that energy to strike for what we deserve. The Writers Guild of America began striking on May 2nd after contract negotiations with the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers broke down. Writers are demanding higher wages and more residuals, especially when their work repeats on streaming services They also want guaranteed staffing sizes for writer rooms, and they want to regulate the use of artificial intelligence in creating content. At the event outside Universal Studios, Haley Boston carried a sign that read, Single and ready to be paid fairly. Until the strike, she had been developing a horror show for Netflix and something very bad is going to happen. Now she's hoping something very good comes out of the protest. People often caution you against dating another writer, Boston said, but I think it's bleak times out there, so I would love to find someone who's in the same boat as me. The event organizers, who are members of the WGA, said the work stoppage means writers can no longer say they're too busy to date. They offered strikers breath mints and advice from a professional matchmaker who's also a TV writer. Hmm. Among those out protesting the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers was Augustus Schiff. Augustus Schiff, who wrote the, uh, that's a real name, who wrote the animated sitcom Big Mouth. Okay. I've been single for four years, so I'm thinking it'd be a very nice side effect of being out here and expressing my distaste for the AMPTP's deal, he said. I'm just gonna, I'm just expecting Jew, Jew, (laughs) 
he said, while Julie Greiner uh, was also there and her friend Amelia Ellisdale, both of them writers for Stephen Colbert Presents Tuning Out of the News, I asked if they'd heard any good picket lines, uh, line, pickup lines, picket line, pickup lines, okay. Ooh, you know what? I hope that someone will approach me with that, said Greiner. I feel like that's kind of the idea. Ellisdale, uh, Elizald said that so far she just noticed a lot of lingering looks, a lot of glances for now. It's very pride and prejudice. Uh, some of the writers said they were inspired by one couple protesting with them outside Universal Studios during the last writer's strike in 2007. Hunter Covington organized a singles event on the picket line in front of Fox Studios. That's where we he met Stacy Traub. I was on a show called Notes from the Underbelly, said Traub. I was on a show called My Name is Earl, said Covington. Uh, we were both comedy writers. We were both on strike, she said. We bonded about some funny things you hear in the writer's room, he added. We got each other. Covington and Traub both became showrunners, raising their four children. They celebrated for their 10-year wedding anniversary last Friday by picketing once again. They went back to their spot. They met gave a speech, blah, blah, blah. The upside is like, ah, okay, I'm done on I'm done reading that. All right. I like, I just, you know. And, you know, it's like, there's nothing wrong with what they're doing, but but also at the same time, I'm just thinking, there's someone that's like, all right, I'm not working. I'm on strike until my union and this other company make make a deal, okay? Until then, I'm out of a job. You know, if you're unemployed, like, find other unemployed people and just, Fuck each other, you know? That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying uh, that, yeah, it's just like you have two, uh, yeah, you have two different types of, uh, two single unemployed people. Like, they should just fuck each other. Like, let's, great way to pass the time. Great way to pass the time. Uh, you also have, uh, yeah, so, uh, I don't know if this would be a good movie. This would be like a, uh, a movie written by writers for writers. I feel like that's the, that's what this is about. But, you know, it is what it is. And you know what? I'll say it. You know, I'll say it right now. Uh, it's okay. I, I, you know, hopefully the writers strike. You know, I want the writers to be paid fairly, but also, like, want to have things to enjoy too. Sometimes, like, life gets so sad and all you have to enjoy is, like, what's on TV, you know, it's like, Damn it, you know, and I hear things get delayed. And like, I know they're going to make a better product, but, like, at the same time, I wanted to watch that show, though. I wanted to watch the show. So. Have you ever been out in public and thought, hey, look at that fat guy, only for it to turn out to be a mirror, and you are, in fact, the fat guy? That was the moment that kickstarted me into becoming the greatest health expert the world has ever seen. But I wasn't born being built different. Like Joe Cocker before me, I get by with a little help from my friends. And my friends happen to be today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements for to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active life 
lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while you work out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder, by using the link in our description today. You can save 15% on your purchase. Go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. When you're at the beach, you aren't going there naked, letting everyone see your little shrunken pee pee from being in the water. No, you're wearing some sort of clothing to cover up your privates. So why would you let companies you buy products from have access to the privates of your credit cards? That's where today's sponsor privacy comes becomes the clothing for your credit card information. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for a service with a free trial that requires you to put in a credit card to sign but wait, there's more. By using the link in our description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. You bet I'm coming up in May. Oh, you bet. <clears throat> um, so I've been watching... Uh, I've been I've been kind of browsing over what Peacock has been doing, you know? Been looking over... Looking over there on the Peacock app, you know. They have that 70s show on there. They have the, uh, yeah, Peacock's, yeah, they're the office, so, you know. And I get it free with my phone, so. <clears throat> Therefore, uh, yeah, I had to go ahead and uh, pick that up. I found a fun little thing. It's just fun. I've been finding, like, they have, like, a bunch of, like, random movies. I feel like they were, like, little indie films, but they're getting little indie films, but they're kind of fun. Uh, I found uh, a movie uh, called Youth Men, uh, a mockumentary. And uh, those of you who know me knew I grew up in church and was very much traumatized by it and by multiple other things. Uh, but, <clears throat> yeah, I was, I was traumatized by Christianity, you know, and uh, all of it. All of it's bad. All of it's bad. But, anyways, though, so... Since Peacock's been stepping up their game, and I'm into exvangelical humor, and uh, and that had that written all over it, and uh, that stuff does well on the show too. Um, I wanted to watch it and discuss it all over, uh, all over this show. So uh, yeah, here's what Rotten Tomatoes gives it as a biography. Uh, what? Uh, David Bauer, a young, energetic youth pastor, has the greatest job in the world, and he can't wait to bring his youth group to Bible camp to win the esteemed camp competitions. Uh, his plans are jeopardized by the arrival of an unexpected new co-worker, uh, intense competition, and surly teenage rebellion. David will let nothing stop him from showing everyone that his youth group is the most godly. So, <clears throat> it's, it's just... Uh, it's just a, it's just good. I you know, I I fucking love this. Shit. I love I love this thing. It was so so fun, such a fun watch. In my opinion, 
for for you to be aware of. Uh, but uh, basically, if you want to sum it up, it's if Michael Scott was a youth pastor. And I bet a lot of you who are checking this out right now have also been around youth pastor. Hell, some of you may have been youth pastors. Uh, my Aunt Judy thinks I should should have become a youth pastor. Uh, the fact that at one time in my life, that was me. And I was, I was like working at camps, like working with high school kids, you know. At one point, that was me. At one point, you know, that was me. And, uh, but no, this guy, dude, it's basically if Michael Scott was a youth pastor. He's like, he has the fucking soul patch, which my friend Josh Casey, author of uh, Tracking Desire, A Journey After Swallowtail Kites, uh, he claims he never had a soul patch, but I know I've seen a picture of him with a soul patch, and I'm, like, still holding on and looking through photos every once in a while to see if I can find the photo of the soul patch, unless he's already deleted it. In that case, we have a bigger conspiracy. Uh, we got a bigger conspiracy going on here that I don't think I'm going to be able to handle. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Uh, but yeah, and so it's like, and it's also like, you know, we talk about it's like Michael Scott as a youth pastor, but it's also ev- like the stereotypical youth pastor. And like, I've been at camps with the, with the guys in Bible college. They're like from the college to come to Bible camps for, for recruitment. And uh, they're like future youth pastors, and they all have that goddamn same energy. The same goddamn energy. Is uh, how's it going? Huh? You like sports? Huh? Yeah. Good arm. Yeah, I could have gone pro. Yeah, you know. Uh, but so I'd be youth pastor instead. Uh, very cool stuff. You know, it's like, ugh, yeah, sunglasses. They have sunglasses, shorts, shirts. Every day they wear a shirt of their school to let kids know, hey. You should come to our school and join ministry. It's not a money thing. It's definitely not a money thing. It's definitely not because of money. Uh, but anyways, though, like, youth pastors, like, they have they have the same energy, and it's the best way I can describe it. I think, I think here I can say this is the best analogy I'll ever make. A stereotypical youth pastor to someone who's never doesn't understand a stereotypical youth pastor, Spencer from iCarly. Spencer from iCarly, that is youth pastor energy times a thousand, and I cannot, like, explain any more that Spencer from iCarly, Spencer Shea, he is basically the stereotypical youth pastor. I feel... I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about myself. Everyone, uh, do we have a round of applause now? Next best thing. Next best thing. Uh, so, so yeah. So the real conflict starts at the beginning of this movie, and uh, there's a lot of things we can say as like a church people like about uh, the first conflict of the movie. Uh, so the church, the church is like, hey, we want to put more funding into the head pastor. Also, like, we're talking about white people churches, and so black people, it's it's different. It's, it's going to be a little different. Uh, but this church had a black pastor. But it was a white a white people church, but it had a black pastor. But, you know, 
can happen. It's just, you know, a little weird, but uh, I digress. We're going we're gonna to keep moving forward. Uh, but they're like, hey, we want to go. So we brought you another person to work with you. This is Pastor Jill. And so he's like, okay, I have a new partner. And even that, just, just keeping that plot thread intact Perfect. Like, that's a good, like, oh, he has a new coworker. She's not, she's just like kind of a normal person. And then he's a goofy goofball. You know, you put those two together. Like, it's, it's tried and true method of uh, good, like, uh, characters working off each other. It's just straight guy, goofy guy. You know? It's just how it is. But, but yeah, so just that could have been good. But the turns out Pastor Jill is pregnant. Okay, not a big deal. Her and her husband are expecting a new baby, and that's kind of might be a stressful time even switching jobs. Uh, yeah, we're only engaged. I'm not married. We're not married yet, but she's pregnant with his baby, and they're unmarried, so they had a premarital sex. They were dirty and need to be. Uh, Jesus can only wash you so much. Jesus will only be able to wash you so much uh, of your sin, of your premarital sex. That premarital sex stains stains you, but your other sins can be washed clean by God. So don't worry about that. It's just the sex stuff. God will forgive your sins, but he will not forget all the freaky sex stuff you did unmarried. So, uh, you know. That's rough, buddy. And uh, so, yeah. But so, very weird the church hired her, but, you know, still... I think Jill was a pastor somewhere else, and I think it's, I don't think they explain it in the movie, but, I th- well, they kind of do. She says she got fired for being pregnant, so I'm assuming it's from another church for being uh, pregnant, which, um, which usually, if you fire someone because they got pregnant, they usually that's against the law. But it's different in churches, so I don't know. It's also a movie, so I also don't want to forget that. So she's pregnant, and then they're, they decided to go to camp, and uh, like, like Pastor David, he's like, uh, he's like uncomfortable with her because of it. And instead of being normal and getting over it or whatever, or talking to her about it, he just freaks out in other ways. It's so, it's so yeah, so goofy and so goofy and a little goofball. So. Like, he introduces the kids, and he already thinks they like her more than him, which is crazy, because I don't think any of the kids like him. Uh, They just go to youth group. I think it's just because they want to. They like youth group, and Pastor David's weird. Uh, So, so yeah, so they take him to camp, and all the camp shenanigans uh, happened. Uh, But before that, like, the kids in the youth group are also just fucking great in this movie because they're, like, every stereotype of a youth group. Like, every stereotype's there. Like, a goth emo chick, but doesn't seem like she'd be interested or in, usually in, like, singing, she doesn't care or anything, but she's generally, like, a Christian, you know, and shit like that. She doesn't look, like, in participating in shit and dumb camp things, you know? You know, that kid's there. There's, like, all the sheltered kids are there. Then there's, like... The public school kids, but they're dumb, but they're still kind of Christian, and uh, other just nerd kids at the school who go to youth group. Uh, so that always made me, that made me fucking laugh. I'm, I need to take a drink. Now there's one scene that was gonna be a bigger deal. It was not as big of a deal as I thought it would be. Uh, 
basically one of like the public school kids in the group uh, t- was teaching like basically the they don't say they're homeschool but they're homeschool like we know we know they're homeschool don't arrest me uh, like about like pantsing people and, and I think they call it pranks or whatever and then like what he does to one of the kids is he goes up to the front of him and pulls the pants down which no one does usually sneak do a sneak attack and a pants from there but he did it from the front and uh, Pastor David walked in at that very moment and uh, he <laughs> he thought it was giving like a blowjob and no they had to like explain it and I thought it was going to be a bigger deal it didn't oh my god it was so fucking awkward and then so Pastor David talked like sat down with the weird homeschool kid like he was sheltered he's like I saw you giving I think I can't remember the other kid's name a blowjob it's like, oh, you did? And then, like, he goes along with he thinks blowjob is pantsing someone. So now they're just like, yeah, I've heard that he gave you a blowjob last year. <laughs> and shit like that. And he's like, no, no student gave me a blowjob last year. <laughs> you know, he's just like, no for, like, hey, I didn't do it. And also no, like, I could get fired if someone thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> all at the same time, it's like both those panics at once because uh, some. <laughs> now nah, I'm not gonna get into that. I was be like, one. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna get into it. But uh, anyways, it was funny. He's like, wait, what do you do? You think what you they eventually after a million back and forth, like, oh yeah, everyone's giving everyone blowjobs here. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he thought blowjobs were pranks. I'm like. That's where they, like, they really took a stretch there, but it was still pretty funny, though. Like, it made a really funny scene. It's just like, yeah, I gave him a blowjob. It's like, totally, yeah, I gave a lot of people here a blowjob. I remember he gave blowjobs to you last year. <laughs> no, they didn't. Okay. Uh, so I just love, I'm like, I thought they were going to be really, I'm surprised, though, about it, because I thought they were going to be really into, like, like, it's a sin to be gay and shit like that, you know, talking about that. They didn't have that talk. They subtly avoided it when you thought it almost came up because you thought, hey, like, oh, my gosh, two boys are gay because, like, there's a reason why the boys and the girls don't sleep in the same cabin. But then you had, like, a gay a gay, and you had a gay uh, to the situation. Uh, things can get pretty awkward. Uh, so, yeah, but they somehow didn't say anything like being gay is a sin. So being gay is not a sin. From the movie Youth Men. That's good. So, I don't think everyone would probably enjoy this film. Um, I would probably say, like, people who grew up in church and grew up, especially people who grew up going to, like, church camps or Bible camps. I grew up going to a church camp, and, like, some of my best friends today, like, are people I went to uh, church camp with. So, like I say, it's affected my life. So, like, everything's funny here, like, to the competitions and how serious people fucking get at that shit, you know? Uh, that camp looked nicer than the one I went to, but the one I went to was a lot of fun, though. Like, we always had, we always knew how to have fun there. So, that was fun, too. But, uh, yeah, anyways, though, go watch that. It's on Peacock, Youthmen. Okay, I saw this article at the last minute and decided to, uh, go over it as a family. So, uh... I can pull the iPad up on the screen here once I click here. And uh, now the screen has changed and I am in the background. So this is BuzzFeed. 
that's where I went to. Uh, bad person examples. 17 signs of a terrible person. So I've met a lot of terrible people in my day. And uh, you realize that. I've definitely realized that, you know, because I want to show kindness to people and be nice to people. But at the same time, like people take advantage of my kindness. And uh, I act like a dick on this show, but in real life, I'm sometimes nice uh, to you. Uh, anyways, though, let's get into it. Uh, we're into it. Let's go uh, looking through the BuzzFeed. Uh, well, there's no such thing as a perfect person. There are some individuals who choose to live life as more or less of an antithesis of that. So when Reddit user, you don't get all mad, asked, what screams I'm a terrible person? Thousands of people responded, you're so nice. So we're really just going to Reddit. We're going to, we're just taking extra steps back to Reddit here. All right. Making your children upset in order to record it and post it for internet points. Yeah, and even then, I think I think it's okay to post pictures of your children online. You know, like, normal pictures you should post of your children online. I always get weird when, like, I don't want to post bath photos or, like, their newborn naked photos. I'm like, I don't even know, I, you know, if I don't want anyone seeing my child's naked body, except for, like, me and the mom, you know, if I have to. Not Not a lot of people remembering that and it should just be ingrained in your mind after that yeah but don't be like a dick to your children don't even only post nice things about them on social media that way that way other people get jealous of them that's how you do it people who treat servers rideshare drivers and convenience storage clerks disrespectfully character is how you treat the people you'll never see again yeah, I don't, I never got why people, you know, when you just meet someone, like, you don't know if they're going to be, a, they're a dick or not, like, just be, like, neutral towards them. Okay, thank you. Have a nice day, you know, or be friendly and nice. Don't be like, don't be like those bartenders where it's like, is she in love with you or is she just a bartender doing her job? You know, don't be that, but uh, find your, find your place in the middle, I think. Put you in the middle. I think that's a good spot. Minimizing other people's experiences or pains because it doesn't match your experience. I feel like... I feel like there's... Everyone has this in certain areas where they they refuse to understand it because it doesn't... It's never happened to them. Uh, it's specific situations. And I feel like everyone has a little bit of a blind spot there on, you know... On that, you know, like... Uh, I'll refuse to understand because uh, it's not a problem I have or I've ever dealt with, you know? Like, it was like me and my dad. I'm like, because he's always able to fall asleep in, like, two minutes, and I, like, struggle to fall asleep. I feel like all of my problems relate to that, can, like, be summed up to that or something like that. But, uh, yeah, but, like, you know, I was telling my dad, Dad, how do you fall asleep really fast? Oh, I just go to sleep. Like, that's not, that's not... You can't, I was like, I just fall asleep. He's like, how, how to go to bed? How to go, dad, how do you think I would be able to go to bed earlier? Oh, you go to bed earlier. Like he would literally, that would be how he did. I'm like, that's not an answer. Uh, that's answering the question with the question. Uh, how do I do that? How do I do this? You do this. I'm like, and that's not how you answer the goddamn question. So yeah. 
That's what. That's how tales of my father. Uh, number four, when someone complains about everyone else behind their backs. Yeah, but I also think like I know people are. My friends talk about me behind my back, and I we all talk about them. There's there's a difference between talking about it or uh, gossiping, because gossiping I think is where. Uh, things can get really bad, and uh, so I was like, I don't, like, I, do you tell your mom personal things? I'm like, no. And you're like, why not? I'm like, she cannot keep a secret to save her life, and I bet if I told her that, I haven't told her that, I don't think I've ever told her that, but if I told her that, she'd be like, no, I can keep a secret. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't think you, anything I've ever told you has remained between us, and uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, just, yeah, don't, you know, that's something to realize too with friends. Like if they if they gossip a lot about other people, like they're they're talking about you too. And so, you know, gossip is fun uh to an extent, but like when it's like hurting your friends, you know, it's uh, it's better when you hear someone else's tea, you know. It's, that's how it is. Uh being hab- a habitual litterer. I don't know why people still litter. We put tra- we've put trash cans about everywhere at this point. So, I don't even know why uh, littering is still a problem. Uh, you'll just throw your goddamn trash away. And, uh, yeah. And stop smoking. Stop fucking smoking and driving. Flick your little fucking bud off on the fucking road. It makes me scared it's gonna blow up my car and die, okay? It's my anxiety there. So don't do that. Uh, don't do that ever again. When the default coping mechanism is to manipulate or abuse other people. Sounds like my brother. And therefore, we're going to move on forward so I don't have to talk about that. Uh, Refusing to wear headphones. I'm like, oh my god. Boomers do this, too. A lot of boomers do this. Like, they won't wear headphones. Like, put on headphones or whatever. Like, my mom didn't even realize, like, her phone had, like, a headphone jack. Like, like, they stopped putting headphone jacks in phones and my mom has one. Like, I didn't even realize they took it away. I'm like, yeah, they don't... uh, I don't put them in phones anymore. It's like, oh, I guess I've never listened to music on my phone. I'm like, yeah, I know. Not loud. And, like, I hear, like, conversations she has with other people her age on Zoom. And, uh, and they'll be all be speaking so loud because they can't hear because they refuse, they refuse to use headphones. God. Ugh. Yeah, that's so fucking annoying. Uh, not accepting mistakes as mistakes. Just say I fucked up. Um... Oh, it's mistakes. Just say I fucked up. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm trying to think about it. Not accepting mistakes as mistakes. Just say I fucked up. Okay, they're not. They refuse to say they're wrong. Uh, yeah, no, plenty of those type of people, and uh, and yeah, and uh, I'm probably one of those people. I'm probably one of those people too. But like, I I I'm okay with say, apologizing. But if I know I'm right, I'm not gonna like apologize. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm right. Like. That's why I don't. That's why I'm not married, folks. That's gonna be the reason. Uh, you figured it out. Dun dun dun. In my opinion, cheating on your significant other is one of the highest levels of betrayal a person can do to another. Uh, assuming they're not poly or uh, <clears throat> or swingers, and they're not both kind of consenting to everything. Yeah. Um, there's like guys. I remember seeing some some dude posted. 
Facebook like about his ex-wife and he couldn't stop cheating on her or some shit like that. And she was like, if you cheat on me again, it's over between us. And like he's like, I just couldn't stop myself from doing it. And I'm like, you have opportunities, but you're always you always have an opportunity to say no and uh, to sex, like because uh, yeah, it's like cheat. There's a difference between cheating and getting and raped, you know, uh, shit like that. So. Um, yeah, that's cool. Cool stuff. Slick stuff. Neat stuff. Uh, no one should have to tell you that they are a good person. Usually, I would consider that to be a sign that they are, in fact, not a good person. It's like, I'm not racist, but, you know, you know, you can just say, you can just say it and be like, but I'm not racist. You know, sometimes people just know it's a joke, or you really feel that way. So, you know, uh, there's like levels of racism. Like you don't hate their existence, but you know, but like they do. Those people do this. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not. We're not solving. We're not solving anything today on this podcast. Uh, not cleaning up your dog's shit on the street. Okay. I've walked dogs and not. I've not picked up shit. You know, just. You know. You know, just I don't want to pick up dog poop. I've I've let dogs poop in weird places. Um, yeah. What's the lesson here? Don't little dogs okay. Big dogs, you gotta pick up that shit, dude. Like that's too much poo. That's that's a lot of poo. So you gotta you gotta remember that. That's how that's how I solved it. There we go. Uh, 12, things like letting their roommates do all their dishes and pay all the bills, getting their partner to do the majority of the housework, and when someone is witnessing them or slinking around or helping, acting as if they care about only when someone is witnessing them, being kind only when others are watching, being cruel when others are not watching, forgetting things that don't fit in the narrative, uh, manipulative, cultivated. I'm like, okay, you, you, whoever wrote this one seriously has someone... Uh, they're specifically upset with, uh, and you two may need to work that out or, uh, get high and forget about it. Get, get a drink and forget about it. You know, uh, if you're a boss and you know for certain that your place is about to close up and you don't tell all, tell your crew so they can start looking for a new paycheck, uh, absolute fucking scum. Okay. Sounds like you had a boss who knew this place was going to close and didn't tell anyone it's about to close. So, like, the crew just all lost a job. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a rough story. Uh, saying, uh, that's a you problem after causing the problem for someone else. That's my goddamn brother. Am I, is my brother a terrible person? The answer is yes. I think he is a terrible person. Uh, yeah. It's like now that's your making it making the idea of making it some. If you have to take a shit and you're in the airport, you're making that someone else's problem. <laughs> you know, it's like bringing fish into the workplace and reheating it. Like you're making that someone else's problem, and it's not a good thing to make it someone else's problem. Uh, you know, now that's your problem. 
Uh, 15, uh, people who care more about being right than anything else. People who lie to seem better than other people. Like, uh, people say this about me and I'm going to tell you, I'm always right. And I don't lie. My, my truth is the truth. I'm like, I'm like a movie hero character. One day it comes back and, you know, you know, it's like I say something for a setup and then, uh, how manifestation works. We're going to talk about manifestation later in the podcast. Uh, is that uh, you manifest it and then it happens? So I want foreshadowing in my, I want foreshadowing in my life. So I make it happen, make it happen. Uh, and I think this is the last one: bullying others, whether you see it as a joke or not. You're still annoying someone else, and that's wrong. So get the fuck away from my table and stay at least six feet away from me, Simon. Simon. Simon probably comes from a bad home, so for the original writer, I would say uh, Simon's probably from a bad home. And, uh, yeah, bullying others. There's, like, real bullying. Uh, and then there's, uh, like, cyberbullying's there, too, you know. But then there's, like, your friends picking on each other. Like, you, you know, I feel like good friends pick on each other. I think that's just how it is, you know. That's how you make it work, and that's how you make it feel. So, <clears throat> rock and roll ain't dead, I guess. And that's the end of the list, so we can end it there, I guess. Have you ever cracked open a cold one with the boys? The vibes are on, then all of a sudden, you are out of cold ones? Though the vibes are still on, the vibes will soon go off because you are out of cold ones. There's no need to drive when you're under the vibes. That's why today's sponsor, Drizzly, is here to make sure that the vibes continue. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's a saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allows drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee. So using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. You're not a boomer who still goes to what our ancient civilizations called a store. You buy everything on the internet like a modern individual. What if I could tell you that you could be saving more on your purchases by only making a few clicks on your computer? That's where today's sponsor, Honey, will change your life. Honey is a free browser extension you can download using the link in our description of this episode. Honey searches the entire internet for promo code, coupon codes, free shipping, and anything else that will save you money when buying things online. It's 100% free and at no point will you have to pay for it with all of those many, many microtransactions. It's as simple as pressing a single button and you can start saving money. Not using Honey is basically throwing money away that could be saved for more important things. I recently had to get business cards uh, for myself and Honey literally saved me 60% on uh, like a pack of 500 business cards, it was amazing. Add the Honey extension to your browser today for free by using the link in our description of this episode. And when you support, uh, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Oh no! Our table! It's time for Oh No Our Table, or formerly known as Ask Shweezy. 
Uh, this is the part of the podcast where I answer your questions that you ask that I answer. And that's how it's going, and that's the order we're doing it in. So, uh... I identify as a fucking threat. Let's just get into our first question. What's wrong with incest between consenting adults? All right. All right. That's where we're at right now. What's wrong? Okay. All right, and I'll answer it. Technically, <clears throat> there is nothing there's nothing wrong with incest between consenting adults. Now, they just want to fuck each other. <clears throat> I and they both, you know, consent to it. Then you know what? I agree that uh you know what? It should be fine. Uh, and, uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not into it, so I can't really answer. I don't have any, I have, like, two girl, actually, if in, like, my generation, there were only two, like, of, of family members, so, no to both of them. Uh, I feel like, yeah, so... So that's a. Uh, you bet I'm coming up in May. Yeah, he better, better believe I'm coming up in May. Uh, so yeah, there's nothing wrong. Now the problem, the problems we get into is uh, actual breeding. Uh, you didn't think we were going to get into this today. You might be wrong. So uh, the breeding, uh, the 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 breeding's the bad part, and. And uh, it's it's known to have multiple health problems. Uh, you know, when it comes to sex, you know, fuck anyone that's consensual. Uh, but also adults to chill. Oh, and we're talking about like siblings and cousins. I feel like that's okay. Like you know, in your age group, it's just sex. It's fun. Just need to not breed with each other. If it's like a parent, parental or, like, an aunt or an uncle type of figure, you know, it's gonna be, it's gotta be a no there, too. Like, that's wrong. So, uh, we, we clearly know that. So, if you're talking about just, like, cousins and siblings, you know, yeah, that's fine. I think anywhere outside of, like, siblings and cousins, because, uh, yeah, siblings and cousins, uh, in your age group, are the only thing that's access uh, that's accessible. No, that's acceptable. Yeah, what, what the fuck was I spying on? Acceptable. Uh, I think that answers the question. I, I'm glad I mentally got, got that got that to got to that point. Uh, you bet I'm coming up in May. I, I, it came up in May. I did. Shut the fuck up. Would you ever date a six foot one woman? I have been ghosted slash blacked multiple times after revealing that I am six one. Is it really that big of a problem? All right. Um. So I'm not like the tallest guy. Uh, my height starts with a five. Um. Sorry. Sorry if that disappoints you. Uh, Congratulations. You played yourself. But 
Yeah, six. I mean, like, I don't mind if a woman's taller than me dating. It's usually more her problem. That's more of her problem, not. It's usually not my problem. It's usually her problem. I don't really care. I want to be carried around like a little Grogu, and she's like the she's Jinjar and carry me across uh, the galaxy and uh, picking up bounties. One world war. Just like that, or uh, she keep, puts me on her back, and I train her to be a Jedi like Master Yoda. Um, what other? What other? Johnny Bravo, and I don't know. I don't, uh, so that's that's not a problem. I don't know. That's what I mean. Some guys uh, feel emasculated when a woman's taller than them. Uh, those guys have had gay thoughts, and the thing is, they didn't like they had the gay thought, but they didn't hate the thought. You know what I'm saying? They weren't. They didn't really hate it. That's why they were scared. That's why they didn't like it because they. Because they did like it, so that makes them not like it. Math. That's right. That's math right there. Math is a wonderful thing. Dun, dun, dun. Math is a super cool thing. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I feel like most a lot of men feel emasculated, especially like a shorter guy who, who wants to be seen. You know, I don't think it's the actual number for women. I feel like they just want to feel like... I don't know, they want a, a guy who carries stuff. That's why I just, I I have been, like, I don't know, I, I make sure, like, clothing-wise, I'm, I'm helping my height, not making it look bad, you know. Uh, you know, um... Let's go full throttle. This is the type of guy you get. So, uh, that makes sense to you, but, uh, yeah, some fans feel, you know, emasculated, so they want a short woman. Uh, some, yeah... Some, yeah, it's usually a woman problem that usually has the problem with it. There are some girls, I think, like, who get to 6'1", and you're like, you know what, I have to, like, lower some standards real quick, and uh, I'm going to say he doesn't have to be taller than me. He could be my height. That'd be perfect. Uh, maybe even maybe five five eleven. you know, that's fine, too. Uh, like, a couple inches isn't that big of a deal. But also, like, I feel like when there's a huge size gap... You know, that's pretty, I think the size gap, like, that scares me, you know. Uh, I feel sorry for those, like, small women, you know. You know, we're all thinking it, you know. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but we all thought about it. We, and even if you're like, it's not acceptable, I'm like, but you still thought about it, okay? I'm like, you still thought about it. And also, sometimes you want to try out a girl taller than you, you know. It just happens. It's the way it is. And, uh. Something wrong with that, you know. Uh, sometimes it's real important to ride a horse bigger than you. Ah, what analogy am I making? Anyways, though, tall ladies, thick, tall, thick ladies, hit me up. Uh, hit the hit up my DMs. That's where you can find me. Uh, you, uh, the Amazonian women, hit up my DMs at the Schweezy. Uh, raw things cool. Okay, got here. Huh, is manifestation real? 
I've always wondered this since everywhere I go on social media, people are always talking about how they manifested their careers using the law of attraction slash assumption, blah, blah. And at first I was starting to understand it, but then people start saying that if you think negatively, it manifests into your life. And that's when I entered a spiral of even more confusion. Also, when well-off people, especially celebrities, say they manifest opportunities into their life, I tend to think that, well, of course uh, you were able to manifest things into your life because you have the resources to attract these things into your life. Okay, so I think, I do believe in manifestation, I'm gonna, if I say, how many times am I gonna say manifestation wrong uh, right now? Uh, I feel like there is some, there is some merit to manifestation. I don't think there's anything like cosmic, cosmic or like mysterious or magic or whatever going on. Maybe, you know, honestly, I'm not going to say it's not, but you know, uh, I'm going to at least say it doesn't have to be. There's, there's some, like, because I feel like the idea is saying like, if you put something out there, about yourself, like even if you tell your friends and other people, I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing this, and they'll they'll help you, you know, figure out. Um, I don't know if you want to do this, but like if you're really passionate about it, a lot of times, like really, really passionate, uh, and you put it out there into the world, it sometimes comes back to you because then someone hears one thing, and then they are like, oh, I should tell him about that because he was telling me about that. So you have to put things out into the world. To make it, but I don't know. Some people do it like magic and witchcraft, and uh, it's not magic is good. Witchcraft is bad. Uh, witchcraft wizardry is good. Witchcraft is bad because it's associated with women. That's why it's bad. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, you have to you have to manifest things or put things out there into your world metaphorically, and I think doing that does say does help you. Uh, turn it into a real thing. So I feel like you're just making slow steps in your life to make it become a real thing because you put it out there into the world, so we speak, and uh, that's how you make it. So I think it's important. So I do think it's real. Uh, do you think it's magic or not? Personally, no. But I'm not going to say completely no. If magic exists, I'm going to be like, oh, okay. Uh, like, I won't be surprised if there are like, aliens exist. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm glad. Well, that's really cool. Are they cool or like, <laughs> are they cool or are they just, are they going to start fighting us? Do we have to start fighting for ourselves? It's going to be like martial law like going on around here, you know? Uh, anyways, though, yeah, I think uh, put your dreams out there into the world, everyone. As I say, put your dreams out into the world. And doing that with your dreams, uh, it will be out in the world. Uh, like your dreams that will be put out into your world to be put out there into your world. Always and forever. <laughs> Amen. How effective is online therapy? Is it just as effective as in-person therapy? If you have online therapy, what's your experience? Not sure if this counts as a medical question. Well, it doesn't have to count as a medical question because I'm not a medical professional. So how effective is online therapy going? I'm, ta I'm, I'm doing that online therapy stuff. I, I do video chat though. I feel like if you're not going to do the video chat, you know, you gotta, you gotta, it's not like, I, I don't get when people do it like on a phone call. Like I'll just sit on the phone and talk. I'm like, I, I gotta look at this. I gotta look at the therapist too. 
Like, is they're judging me. You know, it's more personal. If you at least, like, you know, I feel like FaceTimes, we're getting to that point where they are kind of personal uh, to do, like, you know, you don't FaceTime everyone, you know. You know people you can FaceTime. And even then, you could be like, all my best friends do not want me to FaceTime them ever. And I'm like, yeah, that makes, that's okay. Not all, not all guys are FaceTime guys, you know. Not everyone can have a FaceTime relationship. Uh, but we're talking about uh, effective is online therapy. So I'm taking online therapy, and I feel like it's, you know, just as effective as uh, going, you know, going to someone's office and sitting there in their office and uh, talking, uh, talking, not giving them a free podcast episode, like every podcast episode's free, um, and stuff like that. So, like, I feel like that, but, like, I'm doing talk therapy. I, you know, there's other types of therapies, uh, I don't know all about. I probably, I probably should be the expert about it right now, but I am not. Uh, but, yeah, no, I feel like it's, it's, you know, talk therapy, I feel like, you know, having to look at the person and talk to the, you know, look at your therapist and talk to them. Doing that, I feel, is the best way to uh, do the therapy. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so I feel like online therapy is good. Even, also, sometimes even more beneficial uh, if you prefer it that way as well. Like, I don't have to leave the house to do it, so it's like I could just roll out of bed and start therapy, you know. And, uh, I think I have done that sometimes. Uh, so uh, that's cool. That's cool stuff. That well, you bet cool I'm stuff. coming up in May. Slick stuff, neat stuff in May. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, effective is online therapy. So yeah, I think therapy online is effective. It just depends on how much work you want to put into it on there. But yeah, I think online therapy is a great tool. And uh, over the pandemic, a lot of therapists had to had to do it that way. And, you know, and I think people realize, oh, you can do that. And I think a lot of therapists like that, too, because they can just stay at home, too. And uh, they don't have to have someone try to get comfortable, like, in your home. Because I feel like when you make your home, like, you make your own homes, like, comfortable for yourself. And, like, therapy in a place where, like, a place that's comfortable for you and comfortable for them. Unless you live in a bad place where you don't feel comfortable, then things can get gone. But even in, like, a bad, like, if you live in a bad like apartment with someone or whatever with a bad like environment you know around you but like you can still have your little room of peace you know a little peace peace and love never hurt anyone so <clears throat> sipping sounds ASMR sipping sounds sounds that all right, no more ASMR. I'm not gonna give that shit away. I I could do an OnlyFans of ASMR. I'd I'd be bitching if you wanted uh, a koala bear type. I'm a bear, but I'm like a koala bear. Like that's the best way to describe me. All right, why would anyone be against legalizing marijuana? I don't even drink, let alone smoke marijuana. I'm for legalization because the war on drugs has never been about stopping drug use, but it's reversing the civil rights gains and keeping Latin American destabilized and subordinated to U.S. hegemony. We're not trying that again. But I'm surprised to find that there's people opposed to its legalization. Why don't they care to or, or not what want it to why do they care to or not want it to okay i learned how to read 
So, be against legalizing marijuana. So, uh, according to my mother, who recently voted in an election, and I guarantee she voted uh, no to legalizing weed in Missouri. So I guarantee she voted no. Even I told her, I'm like, with, but like, I think with Missouri, they were going to, you know, release a bunch of like uh, nonviolent drug charges, you know, that involved weed. Uh, I like a lot of those people I present, like, it's good for that. It's again, you know, the war on drugs is bad. It's good for that. I told her that. I guarantee it went out one ear out of the other. It's like, I just, no, just, this neighborhood's just gotten so bad since the, since the weed's gotten in here. Uh, so, yeah, why would people be against it? One, you know, they're uneducated on weed, that weed's actually not that bad. Uh, because a lot of, sometimes people haven't tried it. And even people, like, I'm even noticing a lot of, like, family members who are, like, who have, like, even tried it. They're like, you know, I don't, I would never do it. But, like, it's okay to be legalized or whatever. Some people want to do it, you know. A lot of people are that way. Like, why people are still against it. Uh, the war on drugs, the, that education campaign it was it was a lot like they i remember like years like we had like so much and they talked about weed like it was like the seventh heaven pat pastor diddler just like weed uh, i can't believe you smoked weed and brought weed into my home uh, it's just christian kids and gangs that's all it was back then uh but yeah, so I think, you know, the war on drugs, that education program they made for that was heavy, like, on how bad drugs were. Like, even now, I'm like, I don't want to try, like, meth. Like, especially the ones that, like, I know trashy people smoke. I'm like, I don't want to smoke that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to smoke that. Uh, so yeah, and, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of people who I've been educated on the war on drugs like it because it helps keep black people in jail. So that's the whole point, too. So a lot of racism, a lot of poor education, a lot of uh, uh, religious people want to be against it. Uh, I think my mom doesn't want it because, like, I don't want people driving on weed. I'm like, people don't drive on weed. They sit on the couch and watch TV. Like, that's what they do. That's what they do on weed. That's all they do. So legalizing weed, why people are against it, racism, poor education, uh, and they're in a cult called Christianity, probably, too. So those, those are the big three. So that's what's going on and what it is. All right. Should I feel bad for leaving a company without notice if they tend to fire people without notice? I was recently offered a job and was thinking about putting in my two weeks when I heard that one of my coworkers was fired without so much as a warning. He made too many mistakes, and so they fired him. Now, I know that companies have the right to fire anyone. Okay, that's not true. Whatever and for whatever reason they want to. No, there's, there's some laws there. Uh, we also have the right to just leave without notice, but to me, it says a lot about a workplace if they fire you for too many mistakes without even trying to correct you on any of them. I'm leaving this job because it is destroying my back, tower and lube technician, and I'm just not making enough money. I'm not leaving because of the firing issue, but the issue has definitely pushed me towards not giving a notice. Also, my back is telling me to not go into work today. LOL. So, so yeah. Um, re realistically, like, a company will fire you, like, out of nowhere. They won't give you, like, two more weeks to work somewhere. They will just give you, like, just like, oh, 
you effective immediately, you're fired, and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay. And but they expect you to put in two weeks' notice. Like there's no rule that you even have to do a two week notice when they could just fire you. So uh the two week notice is just politeness on your behalf, uh, to the company, you know, in case you want like a uh, reference from them one day or whatever, they just like leave on good terms. That's the that's the reason why someone would do it. But if you don't give a shit about leaving on good terms, like buddy, go for it. Like, you know, if they fire you, you didn't leave on good terms. So uh yeah, if you're not if you don't care about leaving on good terms, yeah, just do that. Or you could also just try to get fired in those two weeks and uh or whatever and that but it could be a dumb enough company that they'll fire you when you put in your two week notice. And then you can get actual, just go into it and get unemployment for two weeks, you know? Just do that. And it, com- it comes out of, I think it comes out of uh, the that company because of, of that. I think with how an unemployment works or whatever. Or sever- and some they may have severance too, you know? You try getting fired. You ever tried that? <laughs> ever, uh, you ever tried that? I don't know. So anyways, so yeah, you have no obligation at all to tell a company and I think about that. I tell everybody with their jobs today. You don't have to leave a two-week notice. If it's a bad environment and that's why you're leaving, uh, just leave without notice. Just ghost them, you know? Uh, let things go. Especially let them text you back or whatever. Or start some shit. Uh, if I was going to put it in my two-week, I would put in my two-week notice and see if they would... Usually in the two-week notice, too, because like a lot of times like the job you have... Like, you don't mind working there. Like, you just need a better-paying job, and that better-paying job came out there. So you have to... That's Then you do price negotiation, and then you negotiate up, and if you can, you do. If you can't, uh, you move on, because it's not that big of a deal. And you can still give them two weeks and uh, piss them off enough. And, and also putting in two weeks, I would rather... I heard one guy, like, the septic life or whatever guy... On TikTok, he he says if someone says someone putting in a two week notice, he just says like, take two weeks off, take the two weeks off because like you're gonna be useless in those two weeks, you know, and you'd rather just pay them for nothing than like a bad job or whatever. Like I don't know, I don't know. So um, there's pros and cons, but you don't owe the man nothing, my man. You don't owe them anything, so you don't have to do anything, you know, man? And I'll tell you what, man, <laughs> just go on, go on, doing, go on, go on, get. Go, go on, do that for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. So, and yeah, if you don't care about your job, who, who gives a shit, you know? Do what you want. God is dead. Uh, do do what you want to. God's dead. Dead. Left us in a hot car. <sighs> All right. We already at the last question of the of the day. Okay. All right. Why are conservatives so triggered by pride? Okay. Uh, so it's not even. Uh, oh, they're scared of gay people. Are they gay? Do do you, are conservatives afraid of gay people? We're coming up. Some of them, yes. The answer is some of them, yes. Some of them are. Some of them aren't, but they don't like pride either. You know, they're not they're not for it either. So I would say, and I'm gonna assume when you say uh, trigger by pride, I assume you're gonna mean uh, the gays and the lesbians and the bisexuals, especially the ones with color, the baristas with the colored hair. Those bisexuals, 
it's a type, yeah. It's like, I'm a bisexual, but I'm also, like, I'm a barista bisexual, which means, like, your hair either comes in blue, green, uh, usually blue, yeah, blue, like, your hair naturally comes in blue, uh, a blue head, you know? And <laughs> those, are the bi- those are the bisexuals. Uh, and I think, I think what they're really mad about, what I'm going to say, them, them hoagies, uh, what they're really mad about, uh, there, I think it's like a cultural shift for them, uh, because the, the whole, like, nuclear family, like, they grew up on just, like, all, man and woman, they marry each other, and they have a family, and the kids grow up, and go college, and get a job, I'm talking with an accent, uh, get a job, and, uh, you know, have a family, and they get grandkids, and that's what they're used to, and, uh, I feel like, the idea of gay people really is pushing, uh, pushing that idea away of what you think is normal d- isn't necessarily going to be the norm anymore because things change. And I think a lot of people, I don't know why the 1950s and 60s were glamorized. Like, obviously, I feel like the like the fashion, uh, like how things were decorated, music. That stuff can like art. Art can be saved because that's what I'm into. But uh, a lot of a lot of cultural things, like cultural things that are cultural in the 1960s, or, or cultural things are not that cool. I think when you're thinking about like trends and like fashion and stuff like that, I think that's what you think about when you think of the good stuff. Then then there's the bad part with the nuclear family, like the like uh, husband and wife, and maybe like a brother and a sister too. You know, like that, you know, and people scare them because they think it's so weird to them that, like, two men are doing what they're doing, but it's like, but I fuck my wife in her holes. Do they fuck each other in their holes? And uh, it's just so many questions, and, uh, yeah, so it's like their culture, cultures shouldn't last long. They they should be getting better. Uh, one day, one day I won't be woke anymore, and, uh, that'll be the day. Uh, that'll be a day, like, no cloning, you know, like, I'm gonna be like, you know what? I don't think you should have sex with robots, okay? It's just me, I don't think robots, you know, I know they, they have consciousness now, but I don't know if we should be fucking them, you know? <laughs> that'll be me one day. Uh, uh, Yeah. I think it's just different from what they want or what they're used to, and, uh, uh, you know, I think there's, like, a time in our life back in my day, uh, and you think about the good, you think about that as, like, the good old days, and, uh, you know, you can't relive the good old days. Life won't let you do that, and if you think you can, pop goes the weasel. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, culture's gonna change, things are gonna change, and I think that nuclear family for them, and, uh, you know, a man loving a man, and it being in the Bible is just going away, and it scares people. And love is love, people, you know what? Love is love, and I'm here to say that. And, uh, let's ban the Bible. Let's ban, let's ban that hate book. Uh, because it's just hate speech at this point, and, uh, I don't. I don't like that. Uh, I identify as a fucking threat. What was that's that's that. Uh, oh my gosh, so deep. I fucking love it. A very a very deep thought indeed. Indeed today. So uh, now, hey, don't discriminate. 
no hate, no discriminate. Don't discriminate or whatever. So, cool shit. With all that being said, thank you for checking out this episode of Cancel Sweezy, better known as the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. Uh, thank you so much for checking out the show today. Uh, make sure you're following me over on social media at the Sweezy. My music under Sweezy as well, wherever you stream music. Twitch.tv slash the Sweezy, where I will be playing a lot of uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Legend of Zelda. And if you're if you follow me on Instagram and other, Facebook and other places, you'll know when I go live or run Twitch play Tears of the Kingdom. It's a fucking good game, dude. And uh, Patreon page, great way to say thank you for being a friend. So don't forget you can financially support the show on Patreon as well. And don't forget to do the free shit, like I said, the free shit, including the subscribe button over on YouTube, the subscribe button where you listen to your podcast. But we do want you on YouTube. We're trying to build up the YouTube platform. So make sure you're subscribing over there and sharing our highlights <coughs> over there on the YouTubes and uh, on the audio platforms. Leave a review and give a 5432 or one star rating. So. Honk, if you love butt drugs, and stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg is in at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out, or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. You just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. You are now one of the smartest individuals who will ever exist in our world. Uh, if you like that episode, make sure you subscribe, whether you're watching this show or listening to the show, make sure you subscribe. That way you get notified whenever we release full new episodes as well. And if you're on YouTube, smash that bell button. That way you get notified anytime we make a post over here on YouTube. Uh, honk if you love butt drugs, and uh, yeah, stay awesome.